Well, hello, and welcome back to the uh, Good Trash Garbage Shoot. These are quick reviews from us here at the Good Trash Studios on new releases or uh, in theaters or new to streaming, which is kind of the scenario today. Uh, I am Arthur Gordon, and I'm joined by... Dustin Sells. Uh, and we're going to be talking today about... <laughs> that was like about, a voicemail. Voicemail. <laughs> That's what I tried Dustin to do. Dustin Sells. Uh... <laughs> We're going to be talking about... Uh, I'm actually a robot. I'm not even here. You've just uh, <laughs> cut pieces have, of my voice uh, Yeah, in. I've AI'd you together. <laughs> You're the new AI for the show. That's uh, all I ever have been. Dustin, put soup on the list. Um, we're going to be taking a look at, uh, for Netflix, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Out next week. Yeah, December 9th. So... Um, very excited about that. So I'm going to give you a quick uh, synopsis, uh, some information about the movie, and then we're just going to give you some quick thoughts about if we liked it, didn't like it, and if you should see it or not. Uh, it's going to be pretty painless if you've never listened to this before. Uh, but Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, uh, uh, the synopsis from Netflix is that Academy Award-winning director Guillermo del Toro and award-winning stop-motion legend Mark Gustafson uh, reimagined the classic Carlo Collati uh, tale of the fabled wooden boy with a whimsical tour de force that finds Pinocchio on an enchanted adventure that transcends worlds and reveals the life-giving power of love. Uh, directed by Guillermo del Toro and co-directed by Mark Gustafson, who uh, has done some stop-motion work, uh, notably on the PJs, the old Fox sitcom, uh, California Raisins, and The Adventures of Mark Twain, which you had once told me about. Uh, which is I am where, a big defender of The Adventures yeah, of Mark Twain. Mark Twain has a spaceship or something. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a claymation um, and a stop-motion animation film in which a real-life Huckleberry Finn, Becky Thatcher, and Tom Sawyer are caught up into an amazing flying dirigible that also goes into space, and the adventures somewhat through the stories of Mark Twain and ask questions of the meaning of life and the existence of God and it's supposed to be for kids. It's huh. terrifying Seems and weird and brilliant. Might be a thread that runs through some also, of this Also, the stuff. California Raisins were quite good. I grew up... The, 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 his, well, that his, was the first rendition of uh, Heard It Through the Grapevine I knew, was oh, the right California on. Raisins. Gotcha, gotcha. I remember that. Yeah, I, I remember they had this uh, one time a grapefruit that was part of the band that sort of goes bad. It's sort of like, uh, you know, the rock and roll kind of story kind yeah. of thing. And he gets in bed with Lick Broccoli, um, which mm -hmm. is uh, a, a, a uh, Mick Jagger kind oh, of character. Okay. That's sort of the end of bebop and the beginning of rock and roll. That's funny. And yeah, it's very, very That's fun. That's good. Um, uh, cast here, uh, we've got Gregory Mann, Ewan McGregor, David Bradley, Tilda Swinton, Christoph Waltz, uh, Finn Wolfhard, Kate Blanchett, John Turturro, Ron Perlman, Tim Blake Nelson, Vern Gorman, just a uh, murderer's row. Tour de force is what yeah, that, that is. That is an ensemble. Uh, we got two-hour runtime. It's rated PG. Uh, some some dark imagery and violence. Uh, and again, it is out December 9th on Netflix. It had some limited uh, theatrical uh, runs and distribution. Probably but, for Academy qualification. Uh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and this weird uh, Netflix doesn't want to be in theaters standoff that they have. They have begrudgingly released a few movies occasionally uh, for awards considerations. So uh, that's the background. Again, this is a Netflix production. I think Del Toro has kind of signed a deal with them. Uh, recently uh, had his uh, TV show, uh, Cabinet of Curiosities, his little uh, ode to uh, Hitchcock Presents. And so uh, this is another piece in that partnership and uh, another in a long line of prestige directors Netflix has brought on board to create content for them. So uh, I got to go to see this in a screening. Uh, I got a screener. I let Dustin watch that because it's very much up his alley. Mm -hmm. um, this is Del Toro's follow-up to... Uh, 
just what, blanked my mind. Nightmare Alley? Yeah, Nightmare Alley, which was just, was that last year? Was that, that was last year. Yeah. Uh, for Fox Searchlight. Back so, to back bangers. I was going to say, uh, the man doesn't stop, I don't think, which is really cool. So, He's Dustin, working hard. Uh, what did you think uh, about Pinocchio? Do you agree with this pull quote that it is exquisitely executed animation? It is exquisitely executed animation, which is difficult to say out yeah. loud. With Good work, the, Leslie Felperin for The Hollywood Reporter. <laughs> it is. And I'll tell you what, um, I will tell you, this is a children's film. And it is uh, pretty dark for a kid's movie, yet I don't think that's an off-putting thing. So let me say one thing in review as a parent. Can I speak as a parent? You did, because you forced your child to watch this with you. You held him hostage and said, uh, watch this. Yes, well, my 15-year-old... I want to play a game. And my 4-year-old, who I back-to-back, uh, the, so a day or two before I watched this film, we watched the uh, 1940 original Pinocchio, which is the first movie I ever saw in a theater, ever, as a human being. In 1940. I... <laughs> It was not in 1940. Set yourself uh, up for that one. <laughs> uh, they do re-release things. Uh, it was a thing that happened even into the 80s. Nonetheless, um, so I have a lot of uh, vivid memories and love Pinocchio. And Rosie, the four-year-old, liked the claymation stop. It's not claymation. Stop motion animated puppetry of the Guillermo del Toro film better than she liked the 1940 classic. So. Uh, and there are scary bits in the 1940 classic, if you don't recall, dear listener, um, if you haven't seen that movie. There it, is a whale. There is a whale. Um, they do turn into donkeys. And uh, it's, uh, it, there are bits of this that are quite scary. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rosie didn't care for that. But scary that was in this movie, she was okay with. So go figure. Uh, it might have been just a different day, different mood. The level of sleep depends on the level of terror and emotionality of a four-year-old. So there is that. Hmm. But um, and I'm not quite sure how rested she was at each given moment. But she was riveted to the Guillermo del Toro film from this year, and it is super good. Also, Disney made an attempt at a live action. Apparently, yes, in 2022, uh, this past summer, they just dropped uh, on Disney Plus their own live, quote unquote, live action remake of the 1940 Pinocchio, starring Tom Hanks uh, and a CGI Pinocchio. And uh, I think to pretty diminishing returns. Yes. Critically and commercially. I have so, not seen it, but... Um, uh, yes, two Pinocchios this year. Yeah, this is the good one we're talking about here. Uh, <laughs> and it is indeed the good one. The puppetry, the set design, the integration of uh, CGI green screen sets alongside these real tactile uh, puppets working and interacting with one another is perfect. Uh, it just it absolutely is seamless in the way that it's, it's realized. Uh, the voice acting is spot on. The voices are indeed recognizable, but they're not so recognizable as you might might find with like a Jack Black playing uh, Poe the Panda in a Kung Fu Panda. You keep thinking, it's Jack Black as a panda. Instead of, this is the cricket. This is Geppetto. This is Pinocchio. This is um, the the bad guy who's Christoph Waltz's voice is who's behind him. Yeah. Um, you, you don't, re- you, you sort of have moments of sort of semi recognition there, but they really do sort of meld into their characters in a way. Tilda Swinton as the various fairies is perfect. And all of that really, really works. And so that's one of the things when you have celebrity cast for animated films that sometimes you fall into, oh, it's Robin Williams. It's not the genie. 
Yeah. And so this this does not have that problem, which I think is uh, one of the big successes of the film. Uh, it, again, narratively, it completely works uh, all from start to finish. It, it's familiar enough to uh, fans of the original film, uh, but it is much more loyal to the original short story by Kalati. And so uh, it is uh, much more of a dark fairy tale. It's very much uh, the film that Guillermo del Toro began his career making. Uh, when I say began his career, sort of really broke out making with those Devil's Backbone, Pan's mm-hmm. Labyrinth films, in which uh, he is uh, meditating on this idea of fascism in Europe and resistance to that kind of fascism. And you see that expression once again. This movie is of a piece with the Devil's Backbone. In fact, it visually calls it back with the dropping of a particular bomb in a courtyard and uh, a couple other moments that really lend themselves to Pan's Labyrinth. Also, the visual design of uh, the, the fairy reminds me of the Angel yep. of Death in Hellboy 2 quite a bit. And so, uh, obviously... As I've just name dropped a bunch of Guillermo del Toro films and visual references, I'm a big GDT fan, and uh, I love Nightmare Alley, but it is like the least del Toro of his film. Not say the least, but it's it, it's it's the least metatextual. It's, it's, yeah, and it also feels more like del Toro playing the other director's kind of hits. Like mm-hmm. he's making the noir thing, and and I think the first part of Nightmare Alley is much more del Toro with the circle. right with like the like carnival that. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but I, I understand what you like. It it doesn't have I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely his movie, but it is sort of like again the least self referential, and yeah. that one of the things about Del Toro is his self referentiality, if mm-hmm. I might say that. Uh, but and again, it, it's got heart. It is about loss and love, and uh, Geppetto is just an incredible character who is our hero for the film is really Geppetto. It's much more his movie, and Pinocchio is um, the. MacGuffin at times, also the cause of conflict at times, the obstacle to be overcome, and I I, I like that sort of. It's it's not a YA fantasy. It is definitely a grown up story, but it has this sort of YA fantasy going at it, and and that that all works for me in crazy ways. Um, so yeah, the songs are good. They're sweet and sad and sentimental, and so I, I think it's a shoe in for best animated feature. I mean, I don't know. But I, I never understand how the Academy right, um, votes. I think it's a shoe in for that, and it ought to be a nominee for Best Picture. But I don't know that it'll end up being or not, because, again, I really don't understand the Academy at all, and I cannot predict them uh, with any level of accuracy. But uh, it totally works for me, and, uh, I mean, it is it is the finally the children's film version of, say, Pans or mm-hmm. um, The Devil's Backbone, and I'm glad for it. And Rosie gives it... Five Growing Noses. Well, there you go. Um, I'm glad Rosie really liked it. Uh, did Josiah? Uh, Josiah really liked it. Okay. Yeah, he thought it was great. Yeah. But he's that also tracks. 15 he's also and, and, and inarticulate. Weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> and so far, By he, weirdo and saying that, I mean, you, you've told me he's on a Dante kick and he does he's just like, like, he's your son. He is, is my really son. He is what my it is. son, yes. You're your weird Akira Kurosawa. God, coffee table books and yeah 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 he's he's he is my offspring um yeah gdt's pinocchio uh, again not to downplay gustafism work mm-hmm. uh the the stop motion in this is just un- breathtaking uh the the detail on puppets and sets are uh just uh, incredible uh I, I mean not the most glorious way to say that but uh, i think it's the simplest way to say it. it's, it's a beautiful film um I think the longer we've kind of gotten out from it and rewatching some of it uh, with you uh, really kind of affirmed and reaffirmed some stuff about it. Um, I need to watch it all the way through again. I think I I was kind of 
in theaters uh, when I saw it. Um, it's a two-hour movie. There's a lot going on, and it's kind of a road movie as we're trying to get to Pinocchio. And there's a moment where he goes from uh, one location and gets detoured uh, into this camp of sorts mm-hmm. uh, in the kind of last oh, part, right back part of the it. second act. Yeah, And for me in theaters, that kind of felt like... I understood why it was there from character and it had kind of been set up, but also felt maybe like one more thing that I think could have been taken out. Mm-hmm. Like it felt just like a little long, but ne- you know, kind of going back and watching it again, I, I don't know that I would feel that way um, because I think the things in that sequence work. Yeah. It, and it, those it characters as a thematic exploration yep. too. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, and kind of the other piece of, and that's the thing Del Toro is really doing a lot. And, and what they're really doing with the script is exploring in a lot of ways, you know, how this puppet could be used and abused and mm-hmm. uh, manipulated. Well, and it's um, a different way to nod to the Pleasure Island in uh, the first film. Yeah. Uh, because the way boys go bad is by, you know, smoking cigarettes and playing cards. Um, it's a very moralistic tale yeah. in and the he, first film. And this is like very much up to fascism. The ante. Yeah. 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 Because that's the, the underlying thing. But like you said, those callbacks to pans and Del- and uh devil's backbone are, are certainly there and it feels uh like his fingerprints are all all are all over this and there's even nods to i, I mentioned we were watching frankenstein like mm-hmm. there's this kind of moment with lightning that feels very much out of that and so it's uh del toro the greatest hits was that's not a bad thing at all mm-hmm. um and it does feel like there's a way in which all those movies backbone pan's labyrinth this uh hellboy that they seem to maybe exist in the same universe, even though that idea of a shared universe isn't really isn't there. But it, yeah, it's it, there very yeah. much. I, I see all these working in the same way. Right. Uh, but I like what this does with that tale. I, I like what this is doing with grief and loss and parenthood and those things. I, I, I like the kind of other worlds that he goes to. Um, man, it's it's just a stunning film. It really is. Um, it's one of the instances I think where Netflix backed a horse that can actually run. And I think that's really impressive uh, as well. Uh, I, I like uh, Giacchino's score here. Uh, it is really pretty as well. Um, you know, we've kind of learned, uh, or oh, Alexander Duplat, not Giacchino. Sorry. Duplat's um, score is really good here. But, you know, we've kind of seen uh, with these screeners like, these studios are running these almost all of these in all the categories. Sure. Uh, you know, I think if it's me, it's yeah. Best picture, best animated, uh, set design, production design mm-hmm. as well. But well, even screenplay, it, adapted screenplay, screenplay is, yeah. is big on this. And I think it's in the running for best song too. Oh yeah. Know, with that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think Papa song is the one they're pushing. Uh, but, and that's another thing. And, and I'm, I'm really kind of curious about something. The way you're talked about, there are some pretty scary things in the forties Pinocchio. And there is some like, weird places this go but like it's dark but it doesn't feel scary right well and i think it, that's totally an interesting thing singing rabbits that yeah you know, like, like usher you to the underworld it like takes yeah. this thing out uh, right to see that or or even some of the other stuff that that they go to, or even this the the whale slash sea beast doesn't mm-hmm. really ever feel super scary the same way because there's that weird scary, yeah, yeah there's this weird way kind of like fantasia and what's his name up on the mountain right mm-hmm. uh are very scary uh but this presents the material i think a little more palatable so it's it's dark but not frightening right and i think that's really 
cool and I think beneficial for families who do sit down to watch this. Um, and I like that about it. Uh, but there's also some great recurring gags. Uh, I, I think <laughs> crushing uh, yeah. poor Sebastian Cricket. Sebastian J. Cricket, uh, played by you, voiced by Ewan McGregor, uh, is such a good bit. Um, <laughs> it's and so the, good. he can't catch a break. Uh, no. He keeps trying to break into song and gets interrupted. Uh, <laughs> he, he does get a song cr- in the credits, and though. <laughs> so you know, those are just some sharp writing as well, and some some great comedic timing. Um, and you're right. The voice acting doesn't dis- distract because I, mm. I, Cricket's the one who I'm like. I knew that that was McGregor uh, going into it, but it never felt like that's you and McGregor playing. Like yeah. Sebastian is very realized, like playing a star persona. Yeah, as Christoph a- Waltz is the one. Like as soon as he says, I'm like, is that Christoph Waltz? And because he does have a very particular way of speaking and talking, and so that was the one that kind of took me out uh, in theaters. But I think he's a good villain. Yeah, you know, uh, he does that well. So, yeah, this is such a good movie. Uh, I, I like it. I, I really hope people watch this one. I hope Netflix pushes it when it goes streaming. They have a tendency to bury stuff a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. And so I hope... Especially if the algorithm doesn't yeah. catch it right away yep. and then like it gets the initial wave. Yeah. yeah. I really hope this pops up into people's uh, algorithms because it's, it's a stunner. Uh, the character design of Pinocchio, he's got... Uh, you know, he's, he's kind of created in this... Drunken moment of stupor. rage yeah <laughs> so he's kind of hideous in, in a way and he's got nails in his back uh but he's got some very poignant scenes there's a moment where uh he shows up in town at the church and they think Man. he's a demon when he unintentionally mocks the crucifixion he doesn't know what it is he just poses because everybody's uh, in love with the guy on the cross and right. and he tries to be that and then he's very confused when when people don't love him like they love that guy on the cross. Mm-hmm. And I think there's some just poignant stuff in this that that gives it more depth than just being a kid's animated movie. Well, and Mussolini, can we just... I mean, Mussolini I love makes a, uh, Yeah, you know he's a ton because he talks like these. So. Yeah. And uh, the little short, tiny, arm-crossing, dumb, meathead Mussolini yeah. is... Absolutely just fun. It's, yeah. just, it's, it's, it's a good moment. He's obviously the baddie. If you're a kid, you don't get it. Yeah. And if you're you know an adult and know anything about history, it's funny. Yeah. And it just totally works. Yep. I agree. The poop song is great. All right. Well, I think those are some quick thoughts from both of us on this movie. Uh, we both really like it. But final recommendation, I, I think, is pretty obvious. Watch it. Yeah. Uh, again, this is on Netflix. Most people have a Netflix or are borrowing a Netflix account. Uh, it's it's two hours well spent over the holidays with family, um, and I think it's got a lot of legs. And so I we both recommend it. Uh, we hope you check it out. If you do, let us know what you think. Uh, otherwise, we will just catch you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>